maybe open a John, uh, third John, in chapter two, we're just going to start with actually the same verse I started with last week, because I believe that the Lord's giving us uh, some keys tonight for prospering our souls. How many want a prosperous soul? I want my soul to prosper. I think if my soul's prospering, everything else is going to follow. And so we want to look at this tonight, and I believe the Lord gave me some insight about walking in truth. And so the, you know, God, we got to understand that his, it's his desire that we are prosperous in our souls, right? Right here, in our spirit, man, in our being, right? So it's a simple verse. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul, just as your soul prospers. Actually, I'm going to open up to that because I forgot part of that. I just want to look at that one second, so bear with me. Yes, the next verse, right? Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of truth that is in you just as you walk in truth. Okay? So Holy Spirit of truth, we just ask that you help us tonight. Lord, I ask there be a release on the word tonight that we would receive the richness of your glory in the word. That, Father, you'd just fill us with the completeness, the fullness of the word tonight, that it would not go void, that it would not come out of my mouth and drop onto the floor, but it would go into men's hearts tonight in this place, and that, Father, we'd receive it. Lord, let the implanted word grow inside of me first. I'm zealous for your word and for, who, for the Holy Spirit, so let it prosper and increase in my life. And Lord, let it sow and increase in everyone else's life in this place. Father, we thank you that we make place, that we move things out of the way so that the word can come right now. And so we break off sleepiness and slumber. We ask that the, we'd have an awakened spirit tonight, that we'd receive the word, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we bless everyone. So I just want to talk about keys. There's just three keys, and I talk about a lot of keys because keys unlock things, right? So there's keys in walking in truth, right? And we want to walk, abide, and speak, and release truth. You want your life to be filled with truth, with all truth. And so we want to break off anything that holds us back from truth, any darkness. You know, we, we all have the, you know, stuff. Come on, we're not going to call people stuff out. But we all have stuff that gets in the way of the gospel, being alive and moving in our lives, don't we? And so I, there's three keys that I just want, believe that God wants to impart tonight. And one starting is, is the key of the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. God wants us to prosper. The first place we have to go, the first place that we live, and I want to talk about Jesus as our model because he is our model, but it's life in the Holy Spirit. It's, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We let God permeate us in such a way. And we, it says that the, we have an, an advocate. We have the Father who's inside us, right? The Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of us. And he wants to burn things out of us. All darkness. He wants to burn all darkness out. 
He wants to remove every bit of darkness so that we walk in pure light. I'm telling you, when the church begins to walk as an army of light and pure light, all of a sudden we'll see amazing things. All of a sudden become to begin to manifest that we haven't witnessed before. I'm telling you. And so we have this the scripture. I just, I'm just going to read it out of the message. I, I've read this before. But um, it's out of 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And it says, The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's Paul's exhortation to us. That we have intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And that he lives inside of us and he dwells with us and he's your best friend and we walk with him and we, and we do everything with him. We don't separate him from our lives in any way, shape, or form. And it was funny. I was listening to some, I was watching some Catherine Kuhlman videos. How many know who Catherine Kuhlman is? And it's just amazing the conversations and the testimonies that she would have. She was talking to Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts she'd done a crusade in the Maybe Center, and Oral Roberts wanted to take her out to eat, and he said, well, maybe you might be too tired because of all the, you know, the ministry you did tonight. And she said, no, this is, this is what I do every day because I live with the Holy Spirit. That's where we want to live. We want to abide. We want to have this close relationship that ministry, it's funny because I started thinking when I, when I did, when I watched this, I realized this, that the Holy Ghost, when I was younger, I was younger, when I was younger and I used to preach, I used to get drained. I used to get drained. I'd be, get done with preaching. I'd be like, let's go home and take a nap. Right? And it's crazy because now the more ministry I do, the more juiced up I get, the less I can sleep. I got a lot of energy. Ask my wife. Sometimes I wake up with a hangover the next morning, but that's a different story. I'm just telling you that the, I, the Holy Spirit should energize you. A lot of reason why we're lethargic, a lot of reason why we can't get out of our own way is because we're not spending enough time with him. Come on, motivation comes from the Holy Ghost. I'm, I promise you. He gives you amazing ideas. He'll motivate you. He'll get you to do things that you never thought you could do. He's amazing like that, that he empowers you to do things you never could do before. And so we need to hold dear and protect and to thrive in this relationship with the Lord, right? And he is called what? The spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. And so we want to sow. This is what I'm going to talk about tonight, about sowing into the spirit. Because when we sow into the Spirit, what we'll reap is, come on, Spirit, angels, come on, fire, heavenly things. We're gonna, when we sow and sow and sow, then all, the, all of a sudden we begin to really reap some heavenly things. And I expect, come on, angels moving around the room at every night, you know. Come on, it's happening. I expect glory. Come on, feathers. What's going on, Becca? Where are they? I get, you know, I, I, I'm up here and nothing's happening. It's all happening out there. Watch out. I'm serious. Gold dust over here behind me. I don't know. It's all manifestations. I, we want the real thing. Come on. I don't, I'll take the feathers. I'll take the dust and I'll, I won't worship it. Come on. I don't worship angels. I worship the Jesus worship that the angels worship. Come on. Right? But we want angelic help. If angel of healing comes in the room right now, everyone's going to get healed. No one leaves without getting healed. 
right? The days of William Branham. He had the, the angel of the Lord standing right next to him. He'd just call out. He'd see everything in technicolor. Call it out. Wouldn't miss one. They said he was like 100%. I don't know. You believe that? I'm, come on, I'm going for that. Let's go for that. Not just me, all of you all. It's almost Texan. Who's that? Right, Galatians 6. So what we sow into and focus our lives on becomes the fruit of our future. Don't you want fruit in your future? I want good, fu good fruit in my future. Is that almost a tongue twister? Everything's a tongue twister for me tonight. Galatians 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. I love that about God. He doesn't want us to be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Ready? He who sows to his flesh will reap in, of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows into the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now let us, what? Not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap a harvest. Didn't say that, but we will reap if we don't lose heart. And so here's what happens, right? We get to the last mile, and we don't want to go. Believe me, my body tells me I don't want to go any further. I don't need to pound another rock, but I got four more months left. I hear me. That should cause you to sow more. Come on. <laughs> Holy Ghost. What I'm saying to you is this. Sometimes we look in the natural, and we think that we can't finish the race, but the Lord's saying this. He said, if you just keep reaping, if you keep sowing into the Spirit, I'm going to strengthen you with the wings of the eagles, right? Rise up so you can fly and float, and it's not hard. And the Lord wants us to understand this. He wants us to sow into the spiritual bank accounts that he's, come on, he's got ready and waiting for you. And you're allowed to cash in on that stuff, I think. Right, John? We're allowed to cash in on the stuff we've sowed into. Then it says this, being kindly minded is what? So when we think about things that are not, I'm gonna, I got a list. I got a list. It's not the nasty stuff. It's just the other stuff that we don't think about. That's carnal. But it's very carnal. But it says this, that being kindly minded, we're what? At enmity. That means at war with God. When we think carnally, I didn't write that. Someone else wrote that. Paul wrote that in Romans chapter 8. Okay. So what's being carnally minded? I'll tell you what it is. I knew, I knew you were going to ask that. So negative thoughts, how we perceive ourselves, that's being carnally minded. Compulsive thinking that we, we sow destructive and unhealthy behavior, that's carnal thinking. Impoverished mindsets in direct relationship to a lot of things, but I'll talk about the one thing, our relationship to the Father. Impoverished. God wants us to break free of a poverty spirit, and it starts with how we perceive our relationship with Papa and that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because he wants to pour out on us. He just doesn't want to stop. He doesn't want to hold back. He won't hold back. 
As, as, as we sow in, as we continue to sow in, so what was that? Negative thoughts, how we perceive ourselves. God wants you to look at yourself as who you are and who he created you to be. Not as something someone spoke over you. Come on, we break every word curse in this place tonight over what's been spoken over anyone in this place and just receive it. Because there's, there's a day where coming just, I believe that God is going to have the church see exactly who we are. And he doesn't want to have a, us to have this mindset of poverty. And I'm not talking about money. I say that, and I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about how we perceive giving and sowing into the Spirit. Because we think it's not going to come to anything. Oh, why should I bother? What's going to come out of it? What's the fruit going to be out of it? And so he wants to raise a whole nother level of your spiritual inheritance. You already have a spiritual inheritance, but he wants you to do this. He wants you to sow into it so that it just increase all the more. Ruth made conscious decision, Ruth, to leave everything and go, Right? And as she began to worship at the master's feet, come on, as Boaz, she began to have favor. As she began to sow, it says, the Bible says this, that she basically had handfuls on purpose, that she, she received what she did not sow. All of a sudden, there was harvest all around her. Just go before her and drop things so that she can go by and pick it all up. And I'm telling you that the Lord has for us, if we would just really perceive and understand and know that sowing into the spiritual realm is just as much, and that's why I'm saying it's, it's powerful in giving. I'm talking giving money now. If you sow with a mentality of I'm giving out of obligation, you'll know what you'll get, probably not much. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I think God always honors a giver. But here's what I'm saying. If you sow with spiritual things in mind, that I'm sowing into a bank account, that I'm sowing into heaven, and I'm sowing into a kingdom, I'm sowing into a kingdom I can't see, that I know is not shakable, but I sow into it. And we're not taking another offering. Don't get nervous. But the Holy Spirit does love the fact that when we sow and sow and sow into him, time, our devotions, our, our affections. When my affection is completely on him, then what happens? I just get him all over me. Listen, Jesus, what did he do? He went and did miracles, right? He healed all these folks, and then he went to the mountainside to be alone with the Father. We think we had to rejuice. Re no, that's where he went up there. He prayed all night, and then he walked on water. That's how it went. He went down the mountain. He walked on. I'll meet you on the other side. Come on, like the shack. I love that scene in the shack. It's just, there was glass splashing across. It was good. But that's what he's calling us to, to that place where we live and we're walking in the spirit. And he, come on, Jesus is your model. He's my model. He's what you're supposed to look like at the end. And the reality is this, that when we go to the Lord, it's not, you know, when I used to go and pray and prepare, it's like, you no, know, you live a lifestyle in that way. 
I don't pray so that sick people get healed. I pray because I love Jesus. I seem, but so much of the church does the opposite. We pray that six people will be healed. And I'm not saying we don't pray and fast for that. You understand, but I'm saying this is more powerful. There's a more powerful principle that the Lord wants us to understand is that when you, you continually sow into the Spirit, that you're walking with the Father, that you're so close, that all of a sudden, bang, stuff starts happening. Why? Because you just move out of the Spirit and you do things to release the Spirit all around you, and it's not a job or an event. Are you hearing me? Yeah, we can ask the Lord. I, I'm not saying we don't pray. Come on. I'm saying you live a lifestyle of prayer, of closeness with the Father. And that in that, man, stuff starts beginning to happen spontaneously. See, what's happened is this, this is my thought, and someone else said this, but that we're way too familiar with a God that we barely know. Everyone's got an answer. That's just my thought. I don't want to be, I don't want to be like that guy that's thinking I have the answer when I don't really know the Lord in the way that I should. If I know the Spirit, then I'm just going to know by the, by the Spirit, not by the flesh, because we make, the, we make determinations out of the flesh, and we make judgments out of the flesh. And the, and the Bible tells us to judge the spirits. I'm not, you know, I'm telling you. But I know this, that the Lord wants us to understand and know the Lord in such a way. Way too familiar. So it, it energized him. Jesus and his relationship to the Father. And, and really, it refilled him to overflow the kingdom and spill over. And that's the whole idea. Is that you've sown and sown and sown and sown into the Spirit, right? That you reap and reap and reap and reap. Things that we didn't know, that we couldn't perceive, that we couldn't understand. Like those who, right? That's what the Scripture said. That we're like those who dream. We woke up and we were laughing. Because the goodness of God was just everywhere. It wasn't a dream. It's not a dream. You live in the reality and the truth of the kingdom. So key number one, affections, love. Jim's going to know the Holy Spirit even greater next week than he knows this week because he's spending time and living and loving and becoming a, a disciple and a learner. And so when we, we become a learner, so number one is having our lives connected to the Holy Spirit, right? However you want to put that. Number two is fellowship and devouring the Word. Again, John 16, 5 through 7. But now I go, to way, I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Because what I've said, I've, these things, sorrow filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, that it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I, go, if I don't go away, the helper won't come. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. And he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he, he will speak. 
and he'll tell you things to come, and he will glorify me, and he will take what's mine and declare it to you. Turn to Revelation chapter 10, verse 8. The Lord wants us to understand and know. He wants us to have fellowship with the word. That means we eat, we devour, we live in the word, we abide in the word. Isn't that what Jesus said? We, you abide in me, and I'll abide in you. And so there's this love for the word that I think's come out. I think we lose it in the church a little. Serious, because we're, you know, especially in our flow with the charismatic prophetic flow, we're always looking for another word, and it's not the word. I'm smiling. <laughs> Revelation 10, verse 8, powerful. And then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, go take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel. So the strong angel there, right, with the book. And he, and he stands on the sea and on the earth. And so I went to the angel and said to him, give me the book. And he said to me, take it and eat it, and I'll make your stomach, it'll make your stomach bitter, but, but it will be as sweet as honey to your mouth. So I, I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it, and it was sweet as honey to my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. So what does the Lord say? He's, John's showing us a picture of an angel releasing a book, releasing scrolls, releasing probably books of destiny. Come on, we've been talking about that for a few weeks. I want my books of destiny. I want to eat them. But really what happens is when we receive the word, we receive the word from the Lord, it goes down and tastes okay at the first. But then it gets down deep inside and starts working inside of us. And what happens? I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can digest that. I don't know if I can really intake that. I don't know if I really can, I don't know if that can really process in my life because what happens in your, in your, in your stomach, you digest what the Lord has spoken. Do you understand where I'm going with this? We receive the word with joy. Come on, that's what Jesus said. At first they received the word with joy, but then they walked away and all kinds of crazy things happened. Birds came, rocks were there, all kinds of stuff. Right? And the word, all of a sudden, the seed that was happening, the things that were beginning to come up and, and, and really manifest because of the word, all of a sudden began to die, shrivel up, and go away. And so the Lord wants us what? Have a live relationship with the Holy Ghost. Number two, have such a desire, right? It said that Joshua, he said, meditate on these words. And you'll what? Be successful and prosper. And be very prosperous just from the word, from meditation, from devouring. And that's what the word meditation is. It's eating and then digesting the word. And the Lord wants to release great words for people tonight over your life. I believe that. He wants to release things into our lives, into our spirit, man. But come on, someone, someone's got to be able to just deal with the bitter times. The word of the Lord tested Joseph. That's what the Bible says. The word of the Lord tested Joseph. So I'm telling you right now, everyone who's going to increase in something from a word that the Lord's given them, I'm telling you we need to understand and know that there will be a testing time. He who sows in tears will reap in joy. He spent some jail time. 
Come on, he was in the cell block. And then he went and he ruled the nation. So you tell me in the natural, God's given you a promise. He's given you a colorful coat with all kinds of revelation on it. And you're supposed to wear this mantle. Every one of you. It was a depiction of the life of Jesus, but I'm telling you, it's, it's for every one of us. God's given you a, a mantle of many colors. It looks like all kinds of amazing colors that you've never seen. They're all heavenly. And they all signify something. But I'm telling you right now that when the, the word of the Lord came to him, all of a sudden he was in a pit because he was bragging about the word. Shut up about your words. Kidding. But you've got to partner with people that are going to help you with your words. Because sometimes we begin to reveal what God's plan is for us. Not everyone's going to agree. Right, or rejoice. That's the truth. And so we have to understand and know that the Holy Spirit's going to do something and he's going to release. And sometimes we're in a pit and we go from the pit to the prison to the palace. Come on, thank God for the palace. <laughs> but the Lord is really wanting us to understand that. It's not just all just going to walk tiptoe through the tulips. Okay. That's the truth. I wish it wasn't. I wish I had a better word for you tonight. But the truth is that sometimes it's going to get hard. You know, if you read all through Paul's letters, which the Lord just started speaking to me, just go back to the prison epistles. Just start reading. Because we want an apostolic calling. There's a lot of stuff that comes along with that. There's persecution. There's suffering. Come on, but there's great glory and great rejoicing. But it's somewhere in the middle where you've got to be able to understand that when the heat's coming, that you continue to sow. You continue to sow into the Spirit. You continue to really read the Word, believe the Word, and receive the Word. And so we need to grab hold of the Word. And we say, oh, I want more revelation. Do you? <laughs> Do I want more revelation? If I could just get through what I got, I'll be in good shape. God's always unpacking things for you. But we look more for a prophecy and a word now. And God wants to, he wants to release revelation. So if you want some fresh stuff from the Lord, expect to get squeezed. The Lord will squeeze you. He's good at that. It was funny. I, well, I'll get into that after, see? The third thing is this. We've got to learn... Key number three, the Lord wants us to release. He wants us to actually act out and release what he's given to us, right? So he's giving you the Holy Spirit. You're going to walk close with him. You're going to begin to eat and devour the word in such a way that it just becomes alive inside you. Well, let me tell you again, back to the word. When we begin to eat and devour the word, it begins to bring fruit in our lives. It begins to all of a sudden manifest in all kinds of different ways in our lives. And it's all good. You can't go wrong if you're devouring this word. You cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong. So back to verse 11. But when I, when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said this to me. What? You must prophesy. Again, 
about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. The Lord wants us to understand this. You must prophesy. You say, I'm not a prophet. Too bad. Come on. You don't need to be a prophet. When you devour the word, when you're walking with the Holy Spirit, the Lord's going to begin to, all of a sudden, this word prophesy, it's like almost like vomit. It's a bubbling up. It's a bursting forth. It's that knobby prophetic movement inside. It just flows blah, 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 like bubbles. <laughs> it shouldn't stop, right? Some of us, come on, we see by seeing mode, and we hear, but when we release, come on, sometimes it just won't stop because it's moving inside of you. The Word of God is what? Living? Yeah, it's powerful. It changes, it moves things, and it moves things inside of you. So when you begin to diet on the Word, and I'm talking a spirit word, I'm talking the Word with the Spirit. You can't just read this book and get revelation because you're a scholar. Sorry. But the Lord wants us to see that. And he gave me the, he gave me the, <laughs> it's funny. Ready? It's all in, it's all in Jonah. You want to see it? I've been, I've been going through Jonah for a reason. It's not because I'm a disobedient prophet. Come on. But I can preach to myself, can't I? There's something about when God speaks to you, he will get, he will, he will see, you know, Isaiah says, I'll see my word. Well, actually, Jeremiah said it. I'm watching over my word to perform it. And so if we'll just work with the Lord and allow him to do it, then all of a sudden it just will move. And when the word of the Lord moves, something begins to happen. But I started reading funny statements like, you know, verse 4 out of Jonah, chapter 1. The Lord sent out a great wind. He told him to go prophesy somewhere, and then a storm happened because he wasn't listening. No, he listened fine. He wasn't obeying. So we can have the Holy Spirit, and we can have the Word. But what happens when we don't release what God tells us to do when He tells us to? Just look at your neighbor and say, it doesn't really go well for you. <laughs> I'm serious. You start reading through this. It's funny. And he had great mercy. You know, at the end of the book, it's this. He's waiting. He, he releases the word finally because he's obedient. Of course, the, the, the Lord brought a great fish. The Lord brought a great storm, and he brought a great fish. Right? And then what happens? All of a sudden, he gets spit back up on where he's supposed to be. The Lord will put you on track somehow. But it's a funny story. It's not really funny. But it is a funny story because you start reading all the little things that go on if you try to escape God, he will hunt you down and find you. That's the moral of the story. He will hunt you down. And so here's the thing. If you're close with the Holy Spirit, if you're abiding in his word, he's not going to have to hunt you down. 
because you're going to be obedient to release, release the word over your life. And not only over your life. See, sometimes it's our obedience to release something that sets someone else free. And you've got to think of things that way. You know, if we, don't, if we don't release things, what happens? Well, someone else will. Maybe. Maybe you were there for the mission at the time at the moment. You know? So you go through all this, right? Jonah's cussing out God. You know what? Jesus said, <laughs> let's go there for a minute. I'm, I'm like spiritual ADD with this Jonah story, but I, I can't help it. Go to Luke. It's crazy because what happened was he releases the word of the Lord, and what happens in a day, a whole city repents. And Jesus said this to the, to, to the people that were questioning him. What, what's the signs of the times? He goes, there'll be no sign given to you except for the sign of Jonah. I'm like, really? What's the sign of Jonah? One of the signs of Jonah is that cities are turned in a day. I, I, come on, let's just believe for that. Come on, Henry, what do you think? Manchester, Nashville, in a day. Kingston, in a day. Haverhill, in a day. Because of someone just being obedient, and then the whole city going into repentance. Come on, I'm telling you, this is what Charles Finney walked in. So it wasn't just XYZ, BC, I don't know when it was. That's how much of a Bible scholar I am. But the reality is this, that Jonah was obedient, he did the job finally, and then he was still like arguing with the Lord. And then he was in the heat and being abstinence, and the Lord grew a tree, and the palm covered him from the sun, and he slept, and then the next day the Lord brought a worm, and the worm ate the vine that destroyed the tree that made Jonah burn in the sun. I'm telling you, we just can't be ornery with the Lord. I don't know. Maybe I'm preaching to myself. I'm not preaching to anyone else today. You can't be ornery with God. You can't do things even in, in obedience because he gave you a word and you do this out of obedience now and then all of a sudden what happens? You're mad about it. I don't want to forgive that person, Lord. All right, I forgive them. But I wish I didn't have to. Come on, right? The Lord's calling us to all live in that place with complete abandonment and obedience to what he's saying because the Holy Spirit's so alive and living inside you, you can't, you're arguing basically with yourself. If I can be that strong. Because the Spirit of the living God is inside of you. And he's so alive inside of you. And I'm telling you, Jesus said this. He said, the only sign will be the sign of Jonah. And come on, you just want to believe that God would change things in such a demographic way. Come on, God's into demographics. He wants to shift things like that. Like, I believe that he wants to reach one person at a time. But I believe we're coming into days of acceleration where he can do things that you never believed that he could do in one day. 
Why? Because there's an army of believers that are just really believing God to do what he said because he promised it. Because the word is living so much inside of you and it's alive because of the truth of what it is and the spirit of the truth, spirit of truth that lives and abides inside of you that wants to totally wreck your life. I'm telling you, he's, he is. He will wreck you if you just let him. People in this room are going, I don't know if I want to get wrecked. Came, came to the wrong place. Sorry. Your life in the Holy Spirit is everything. It connects you and brings to life the word of the Lord to you. And then your obedience to the mission that he gives you, that he releases to you through the word, is going to break demonic strongholds. Can we just do that? It's going to break demonic strongholds in cities, over your family. Come on, some of you, he's calling you to do stuff just to unleash stuff off your family. And it's not about you speaking something. It's about you just being obedient about one thing. Uh-oh. Right? Just one thing. I mean, it really comes down to that. And we're, you know, we're believing God to just release great authority over the earth. But I know it was JC's wife, Maria, that came in here and started talking about just doing the one thing, the simple obedience thing. We keep going back to that because the Lord just wants us to move in that. So stand with me. So tonight, there'll just be a release for you, if you choose, you know, if you choose. Some of you are going to have to just want to ask the Lord for that close, close relationship with the Holy Spirit, and that can be released easy, right? It's not even going to be by magic hands. It's just a decision tonight. That's all, really all it is, the whole thing. You just decide to do something different tonight. Lord, I make a decision. I made a, make a conscious decision from today not to be bound in some type of religious activity because that just leads to death. Right? It's the spirit of, of, of life that we want to operate, not the law. So it's not about that. But it's about really getting into the sweet space with the Holy Spirit. That he's abiding and living inside of you in oneness and fullness. Like we talked about last week. And then some of you, it's just asking the Lord tonight for, wor for word. Lord, I need a hunger for the word. Because if you're not hungry for the word, you won't receive, you can't receive it. It just becomes, again, it's like you look at the page and there's nothing on there. It's black, white, and red. And I'm telling you, I know that's like an anointing I have. The Lord will open up the word for you if you just want to come forward and receive that tonight.